Hello, Internet. My name's Jonathan Good. And I'm Matt Noble. And this week's Screen Verdict Podcast, we're back to film reviews. Yes, back to the movies. People like the movies. Mm-hmm. They uh, even have award shows for them, because mm, people like they, them so much. They do the Oscars, and maybe a bit later in the podcast, we'll talk a bit about how we felt about the Oscars. But um, Indeed. But for now, we're going to be talking about the film Chronicle. Chronicle. Yes. I did not know anything about this movie when I went to see it with you. Yeah, we were thinking of something to do, a podcast on this week, and we just sort of looked at Metacritic. This was sort of the highest rated film we could yeah. find. The thing that looked uh, the most interesting post-Oscar season yeah. <laughs> film release period. Yeah. And uh, we decided to see Chronicle. You read something out to me on the phone, like, telling me a bit about the movie. I wasn't really listening. I said something, <laughs> something Blair Witch-ish. I sort of... <laughs> I was like, oh, whatever, I'll see that one. <laughs> I was with some of my mates, and I thought, oh... Test their temperature, see if, how excited they're going to be. I said, has anyone here seen the movie Chronicle? And one guy went, oh, yeah. I've heard that's all right. <laughs> so, I mean, what he should have said is no. Yeah, yes. Uh, but I've heard it's all right. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> so what is the premise of Chronicle? Well, Chronicle is... A superpower story. Perhaps not a superhero story. No. But a story of superpowers. Uh, there are these three high school kids that come across something a little mysterious, a little bit uh, interesting, not your everyday activity. Yeah. And uh, They go down a hole. <laughs> but not what you might expect. <laughs> <laughs> this may be an everyday activity for some of you. But not us. I was going to say, not the kind of hole high school kids are usually going down. (laughs) So after this peculiar event, they start to notice they have these powers. Mm. And it's it's basically telekinesis-based. Yeah. So I have to be able to control things with their mind. Mm. And so the film is the story about how these kids try to develop these powers, how to deal with them, how to hide them, and what effects they have on yeah. their lives mm. and relationships. Yes. No, very much so. And, and one of the kids uh, has a video camera and he just loves filming everything. So what we're watching is pretty much him, um, I guess, chronicling his life. Yeah, one of the gimmicks of the film, uh, if you will, is that everything is shot from a camera yes. that is in the story world. Yes. So they always have a camera that's following them around, and then there's another person that has a camera, and so sometimes we see shots from them. Yes. It's like after the events of this film, someone has gone together, gotten all the video footage they could, and pieced it together to make a movie. Um, oh, there's a bit of an interesting title, Chronicle. I'd obviously heard of uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, or the Spiderweek Chronicles, or the Chronicles of Riddick, or uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, I'd never heard of a chronicle on its own. Um, with movies, they always seem to be in a series. You get a lot of chronicles at once. So I was intrigued to see what a singular chronicle looked like. My impression of the chronicle is that it was a, a long epic tale, a saga. Yeah. This is an 80-minute film. Yeah. On the plus side, adhering to the return of Jafar Prince. Yes, short, I liked it. Short and sweet. Not sure how much of a chronicle it was. Okay, yeah. It was uh, 
a fleeting event yeah. than, a, than a saga. Yes. Fair enough. Maybe that's why Chronicles usually go, like, together. Yeah, like, to ma- make it seem... many of ma- them. To make it seem longer. Mm. <laughs> Maybe we'll see Chronicle 2. The Chronicles of Chronicle. <laughs> I would watch that for yeah. the title alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but, but they did do this documentary style, and maybe that's sort of what it means. You're chronicling events uh, through filming them. How, how did you find this sort of documentary style? How, did, did that play well for you? Well, at first I found it a little off-putting. The camera's quite shaky to start off with, and the picture quality isn't that good. Mm. Uh, I was a bit worried that I'd have to sit through that for the whole film. Luckily, they upgrade to a better <laughs> camera. Again, the HD camera, yeah. like 10, 15 minutes into the film. Yeah. His camera breaks. They get a new one. Yeah. They also, he also learns to film a bit better. Everything's yeah. a bit clearer. Yeah. He gets some more picturesque shots. Yeah. So I think if you're worried, if you found something like Blair Witch Project a bit too shaky, a bit off-putting, it's not quite to that extent. I, yeah. I think after a while, it, it becomes relatively seamless. Yes. Um... It did seem like uh, one of his superpowers that he got was better framing. Uh, <laughs> it seemed like there were some scenes where I'm like, oh man, it would be so hard to get all that in the shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> if we did have these superpowers, these telekinesis, what would we actually do? Because like, I felt for a bit of this movie, maybe they're wasted a bit by these guys. They don't really do anything that valuable with these powers. Well, that was actually something I I liked quite a lot about the film. I felt what they chose to do with them was very realistic. Mm. I thought if you had these three average high school friends with these powers, they probably would do just kind of dumb, childish things. Yeah. And the way they entertain themselves with it by playing tricks on people and just doing Mm. funny but relatively pointless things... I actually found that quite entertaining and believable. Mm. Perhaps we might feel inclined to do something a little bit more honourable, a little bit more helpful to mm. the... Uh, society. To, yeah, to the society. But probably not. <laughs> I'd probably just screw around. We'd, if we got these powers, would you want to go in a talent show? That might have been my favourite scene in the movie. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I think this film in some ways was a bit of fetish filmmaking. It's a bit of... It's basically shooting events that you'd want to occur in your life. It's why people enjoy shows like Entourage. They see, they see the fast cars, the good-looking women, the exciting fun with the friends, and people just like watching that. Yeah. I think a good portion of this film was watching these people have these awesome powers and just doing really fun, entertaining stuff with them. Yeah. And I really bought into that, particularly the, the talent show. I was so thoroughly entertained yeah. by what was going on and pretty jealous Yeah, like, it's pretty good. I think I would perhaps use my abilities maybe to woo girls a bit more. Like, I think there's some good potential there. Like, um, you know, you're with a girl and maybe get some, you know, like, uh, get telekinesis, a butterfly over. (laughs) Or uh, just some, like, flower petals, like, and get the wind to sort of blow them along, you know... It's just make it a bit more romantic. Yeah, it depends how moral you want to be with your, <laughs> your powers. If you have the power of telekinesis, the girl might not have much choice. 
What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah. Basically, like they just use these skills a lot with each other to have fun with each other. I'd be using them a bit more to help me with relationships with other people. And not just girls, but like just sort of in other situations, be using them to improve my standing in the community. Well, I think this is one of the key traits of superhero superpower films and stories is that you can't just let everyone know. Like, that's why they keep it to themselves, because those are the three that know about the powers and know that each other have it. When you start using it on other people, it's just not long before you end up on a slab being poked you don't at tell by other, scientists. You don't tell other people you've got the powers, but you sort of use them. Like, you know, like if you're on the soccer team or the football team, you can, with these powers, become the best football player in the school. The problem with that is, is I'm not sure that you're that sneaky. I, <laughs> what? I feel like you get found out fairly quickly. Especially if you just suddenly became the best football player on no, the team. you build up to it. Like, you start getting a little better. Then you get a little better. Then you get a little better. Then all of a sudden, a few months later, you're the best football player on the team. That would make a really boring movie. <laughs> It's just you slowly making progress in all these different areas to the point where you are believably good at stuff to the point where people like you a little bit more. That's worth my fifteen fifty. I would think use these skills to become the most popular person at the school. The person that all the girls love, the person that all the guys like. Like I, I think that's the you wanna be the guy that all guys wanna be and the guy all girls want to be with. And I feel like with these telekinesis powers, you can be that person. I think you can, but I think the powers go beyond that. I think the ability to, say, if you could use that to fly, yes, that tops being the most popular person in school. I'd rather be able to fly than be popular. Being someone who's highly regarded and highly sought after is a much more valuable thing than being able to fly. Oh, that's craziness. People in school suck. Who cares what... School kids think. But it doesn't just fly. It doesn't just apply to school, like university or work or just life. Yeah, or being able to fly. Yeah, flying would be cool, but like This is definitely a poll going on the Facebook page. Would you rather (laughs) be able to fly or be popular? (laughs) And which is more entertaining to see in a movie? (laughs) Well definitely fly (laughs) in a movie. But um but no 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 no. Definitely being pop, uh, popular because, like, flying you have to keep a secret. Like, what's the value of flying? Because you can't just tell people you can fly. What do you get out of flying? Why do you need to tell people? What's your need to show off, Matt? <laughs> what is this desire for validation? <laughs> can't you just enjoy the flight itself? Okay, but that's like, I can go to a theme park ride and get thrills. <laughs> like... <laughs> But then you complain because you went there on your own. You didn't have anyone to enjoy the ride with. Yeah, exactly. So I can be popular. <laughs> I can then take someone to a theme park with me and we can have thrills together. People are fickle. Flying is real. I'd get over them. I'd get, I'd get over having friends. I'd be like, oh, well, you can I'm go just f- so popular, but I can't fly. Well, you, if we get these powers, you can go fly on your own <laughs> and I can go and make heaps of friends. 
It's a deal. I can go make heaps more friends and pull heaps of chicks. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. That's what you're doing. We would obviously, I think, it goes without saying, we would obviously, uh, first priority, both do a lot of things that are good for the community. Oh, charity work. Yeah, we would definitely be helping, uh, helping people. We see someone falling, stop them from falling. Like, we're definitely... Rescuing kittens yes. and drain pipes. All, yeah. the, all that. Yeah, yeah. We, I think that goes without saying, which is why we the chicks... Yes, then the chick. Yeah. yeah. We would definitely be doing the, the good things first. Hey, kill two birds, one stone, save a chick with your telekinesis. Thought you were going to say you liked elderly women. <laughs> no, save a hot young chick. <laughs> Not too young. Okay. So is there anything else about the story or the characters you want to delve into? Well, I thought the film was quite clearly divided into two halves. Yes. The first half is basically a lot of fun. Yeah. It is discovering these powers, playing with them, mm. enjoying all the shenanigans you yeah. can get up to. Then problems start to arise. Mm. Which I knew was coming. I knew as soon as they got these powers, this is going to lead to drama, and this is not going to end well. I knew it was coming as well. You couldn't really have a film without complications. But they did go in a different way... To what I expected it to. Yeah, it I sort think, of snowballed. Yeah, some things got out of control. <laughs> yeah. Some parts were a little darker than I expected it to yeah. be. Some parts were a little scarier than perhaps the, the audience expected it to be at the cinema we were in. Yes. Now at the cinema there was you and I and then a mother and child. Only four people in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and the boy was about eight. Yeah. And he seemed to be enjoying it. I heard him laughing at a few things throughout the film. Okay. With about five minutes to go, I heard him say, this is turning into a horror movie, and the two got up and left. Yes. Like, that's pretty extreme to walk out of a movie <laughs> with, like, five minutes to go. You've invested yeah. that money yeah. and time. Yes. So, so look, pa- when kids are scared of movies, it's, you know... So perhaps we should give a bit of a warning to the listeners uh, as to whether or not this is a scary film. Yeah. It does get dark, if you just want a fun, feel-good romp, then go see some rubbish movie um, <laughs> that's, that's playing at the moment. But I think I've seen worse horror film. I wouldn't call it a horror film. I think this kid was way off base by calling it a horror film. Yeah, he was a pussy. This is not a scary film. <laughs> he yes. was eight. He was eight. He was like eight years old. Yeah, this film is only rated M. There is a, there's a bit of violence at the end, it's, but it's it's perfectly manageable. If you have little kids, you're probably not thinking of taking your little kids yeah, to Chronicle don't, anyway. Don't take your little kids to Chronicle. But for everyone else, anyone who's listening to the podcast yeah. is within your realm of watchability. Yeah, like, if I could sit down with this little kid, I'd explain to him what a horror film is. Because <laughs> this is not a horror film... It's uh, uh, perhaps at the end, maybe action, maybe violent, maybe uh, something uh, like that. Uh, But but horror films generally have more... um, Yeah, I think we need to sit this kid down and make him watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Then he'll know what a horror film is. Yeah. And he'll quit complaining when he watches Chronicle. I, I thought it was an interesting mix of three characters... You had the the kid who's clearly very uh, socially isolated, a tough family situation, mum dying of cancer, dad maybe means well, maybe a bit abusive, like a bit of a complex character. Then you've got the the most popular kid in school, 
kid running for school president? Running for school president. Looks like he's going to win. Not seeing posters for anyone else up around. <laughs> uh, so you've got him, who is actually, for the most popular kid in school, a pretty nice guy. Like, he's pretty friendly to the loner kid before they get the superpowers. And then you have the third guy who's a bit sort of in between. Like, you know, he's clearly not socially isolated. He's clearly not the most popular kid in school. He's just a guy that's sort of, I guess, the everyman, the person we can perhaps identify with the most. Um, although I was pretty popular at school, I'd probably identify a bit more with the, <laughs> nice, the nice popular kid. But, like, I think for most people watching the movie, they're going to identify with him more. And sort of an interesting sort of uh, trio yeah, I think they're a good set of lead characters. I like the the dynamic between them and the way the relationships formed was interesting and the way some of them went was kind of surprising, mm. uh, a bit unexpected. So I thought those three three leads worked worked well together. Yeah. I particularly liked Michael B. Jordan, who played Wallace on The Wire, for all you Wire fans. Or Vince Howard on Friday Night Lights. Yeah, no one watches Friday Night Lights. One more Emmys in The Wire. One more <laughs> Emmys in The Wire. Well, based on how many uh, Emmys Mad Men has won, we know how valuable <laughs> they are. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I thought he was particularly entertaining. He was very charismatic in the, the role of the, the popular kid. Yeah. There's also the girl. Yeah, I don't know how important the role of the girl was. I think that was just to fill out the film from like 80 to 85 minutes. Yeah. The one thing I'll say about the girl that surprised me is that we're introduced to her. She is also someone um, that is sort of chronicling her life with camera. She just seems to be carrying a camera around with her all the time, filming her whole life and filming everything she's seeing. Obviously, a more boring life because that's not the movie we're watching. <laughs> where They've gone to more footage from... The kid in this the, movie. The kids her. with the superpowers. Yeah, the kids with the superpowers. They get the movie. <laughs> Unfortunately, some of her film, some of her footage makes the movie, but not as much because I don't know. She's just sitting at home, playing with herself or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've watched that. Why wasn't that in the movie? <laughs> I should probably said the one thing. That would have been a more popular movie than <laughs> <laughs> Superpowers. But anyway, uh, and I thought, oh, okay, she likes filming things. This lonely kid likes filming things. I see some magic there. I see, you know, they, you know, hey, you like filming things. I like filming things. Maybe we could film stuff together. You know, I think, <laughs> I think that's like. The five-year-old's approach to picking up girls. <laughs> hey, do you like banana sandwiches? Yeah, I do. Oh my gosh, I love banana sandwiches. Let's be best friends. <laughs> I think it's a little bit more complex than that once you get past the age of eight or nine. So are we ready to give our screen verdict on, on I, Chronicle? I think we are. I think we are. Chronicle, um, I thought it was a fun film. You know, it was pretty, pretty cool to see the kids get their superpowers. I was pretty interested for most of it. I sort of like when it gets really dark and it sort of takes a turn because otherwise it w- would have been a bit boring to seeing them do silly things for 80 minutes. Yeah, and look, I, I like that it was not too long. I, I like that it was just short. It didn't say more than it had to. Maybe a little bit too much of the guy just filming himself in his bed on his own. Like, there's just a bit, oh yeah, we've seen this already a bit. But I thought it was pretty good. At the same time, 
as much as I found it entertaining and enjoyable. I wouldn't call it a great movie. I thought it was just a bit of fun. So it's not going to get a great score. Just going to get maybe a seven. Solid outing. Good job, Chronicle. I would describe the first half of this movie as fun. And sometimes when you describe films as fun, it's almost a little bit condescending. Hmm. It's like, it's okay to enjoy this, but it's not a great film. Hmm. When I say fun, I meant this is thoroughly enjoyable. I really, really liked the the first half of this movie. It's one of the most entertaining things I can remember seeing in quite a while. When it starts to get a bit more serious, I liked how some of it was unexpected. And I thought some of the action scenes were really good hmm. for a film, I suppose, with a relatively low budget of $15 million. I thought hmm. some of the... Uh, the big action sequences were, were really good. But I suppose not all the plot twists and turns were that satisfying. Mm. And the very end kind of just left me like, okay. Oh, the ending was pretty... Like, the last scene was pretty meh. Yeah. So, yeah, I too enjoyed this film. I'm going to give it a good score. Not quite the great score again. Uh, I'll give it 7.5. So yeah. there's a uh, uh, screen verdict of... Chronicle, pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, good film. If you've got to see a movie at the moment, there aren't too many good ones out at the moment, so might be a good one to check out. Yeah. I think moving right along uh, to our uh, favourite segment, housekeeping. The old housekeeping. I'm not even sure if it's moving along. I think people have just skipped to housekeeping. This is where people are starting. They start with housekeeping. I had a friend tell me the other week they were listening to one of our podcasts just skip straight to housekeeping. Someone actually, like, we, there's actually a report now of someone actually doing this. So That's funny, but I don't necessarily think it's a good thing. We no. do want you to listen to the reviews we give in yeah. the podcast. Yes. So, uh, yeah, please, it, welcome if you are joining us for the housekeeping <laughs> segment. Uh, obviously, it was a big week last week. You came around to my place, had a few friends around to my place. We watched the Oscars. Everyone knows we were very excited about the Oscars. Our Oscar podcast lit lit the internet on fire. Um, it almost broke Potomatic, probably. It's what um, what shot us up to take over the Dad's Army podcast. We had an Oscar competition. It started months ago. It was a Moneyball competition. This was well... Moneyball. The... Yeah, say it again. Moneyball. That's what I like to hear. We've got, uh, so what, the idea was, it was at the very beginning of the Oscar season, so a lot of the races hadn't settled yet. Pick four actors, lead actor, lead actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, pick four. And yeah, four, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> and for each one that gets uh, nominated, you get 50 points. For each one that wins, you get 200 points. Whoever gets the most points wins a signed baseball signed by me and Jonathan. Who won out of us two? I think it was pretty close. I think it was pretty close. So the only nominee you had going into the Oscars was Glenn Close. Yeah, I got $50 back on my investment. Yeah, she did not win. No. So that... that robbed. Yeah, robbed. So you ended on 50. I had Jean Dujardin, Michelle Williams, and Christopher Plummer uh, going into uh, the Oscars nominees. So that's 150 points. Christopher Plummer and Jean Dujardin won. So that is uh, 550 points that I end on. Compared to your 50. Now, we had some uh, people participating in this uh, competition. Brian M. Allen only had Jessica Chaston. 
uh, nominated going into it. She did not win, so he, like you, ends on $50. So there you go. You're not alone, Jonathan. <laughs> and Ian Burt had Meryl Streep and Christopher Plummer uh, nominated. They both won. So that takes him up to a score of 500, just 50 short of me. So I'm obviously the best money baller <laughs> when it comes to the Oscars, but... You're not in the running to win the baseball. I'm not in the running to win the baseball. Of the people in the running to win the baseball, Ian Burt is the winner. Yes, very good, Ian. A really good job. You gave me a good run for my money, and we'll be sending you a money ball. What the, uh, but, but put aside the competition that most of our listeners weren't involved in, what did you think of the Oscars? I think the Oscars were a little average, to be honest. I mm-hmm. think a lot of the races weren't that close. We yeah. knew who were going to win beforehand. It was a little hard to be that excited when Drive wasn't nominated in any of the major categories. It lost its one race in yeah. sound editing. Yeah. Uh, the Muppets won one, though. The Muppets won an Oscar. I didn't mind that. This probably was the best thing about the Muppets. Yeah. That it had a better song than Rio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Muppets, an Oscar-winning movie. Drive. No. <laughs> I thought Billy Crystal was pretty average as the host. I think the only times he was funny was when he was just unnecessarily mean to people. Yeah. Like when he was doing the uh, what are people thinking game. Yeah. And he sees Nick Nolte and just goes... (laughs) And uh, it makes fun of the guy who comes up and has to give a bit of a boring history bit. Yeah. And he just makes fun of him for being boring. Yeah. Like, it's not that guy's fault. Yeah. The yeah. presenters were pretty poor. I think the only presenter that made me laugh was Chris Rock, uh, who I'm not even usually that big a fan uh, of. Ah, come on. Will Ferrell and uh, Zach Galifianakis. Oh, I love Zach Galifianakis, and Will Ferrell can be funny, but oh. just because they were in a white costume. Well, they had symbols. They were clashing symbols. It was just such a bizarre thing. Get them to host the Oscars next year. That'd be cool. So, yeah, in terms of the awards, I think the only thing... I was excited to see was uh, Woody Allen win Best Original Screenplay, and he was too cool to even be at the awards ceremony. He never goes to the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah, he never goes to the Oscars. Other than that, I guess my highlight was uh, Uggy the Dog being up on stage when yeah. the artist won Best Picture. Yeah. The artist won everything. Best Picture, Best Director, mm. Lead Actor. Yeah. So it was just about worth watching. Yeah. I, um, I was a little disappointed at how many awards Hugo one, Yeah, way too many Winning all those technical awards screwed up my predictions. I was not yeah. predicting it in that many categories. Uh, I think, you know, The Artist, I thought it was a good film. It was one of my favourite films of the year, so I was fine without winning all the top ones. Jean Dujardin gave a great performance. I was disappointed we didn't see him dance much at the Oscars. I was hoping for a dance number with Jean Dujardin. Maybe Jean Dujardin and Billy Crystal doing a dance number. <laughs> Meryl Street winning. Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. And I thought Billy Crystal, I really like seeing him host again. I thought his opening, the where he put himself in the movies, was pretty funny. I thought the nine song medley was just way too rushed because he's trying to fit in nine movies and, like, you know, the, the most audible part of that was just a joke about Jonah Hill losing weight, which I thought was very not cutting-edge comedy <laughs> at all. Uh, so I was a little disappointed, but it was nice to see him back there. And I, I, I think he probably did well enough that I wouldn't be upset if they asked him to come back and host again. But now I'm sort of like, you know what? I'd like to see Steve Martin back hosting the Oscars. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. 
But no, it was a good, uh, good, good day. Thanks. I think if your hope is for cutting edge comedy, probably a bit misguided with Billy Crystal and Steve Martin. <laughs> oh come on, man, Steve Martin. Yeah, yes. I'd prefer Steve Martin. Always got time for him. Yeah, so there you go. Oscars. It was a good day. Sometimes it's also nice um, on the podcast for me to share my personal problems, get a bit of podcast therapy. I must warn you, I'm not entirely qualified, but... Uh, That's fine. There's yeah. something therapeutic about, about talking to you and about airing this publicly. <laughs> I was a bit annoyed a couple months ago, single. It's been like, eh, sort of sucks a bit. And I had a friend who told me, look, don't worry, it's good to be single, got really good opportunities there, you shouldn't tie your happiness up with being single. Not bad advice. Yeah, that sounds reasonable to me. Sounds reasonable to me. This person just got a boyfriend, and I've never seen them happier in the, like, (laughs) three years I've known them. (laughs) I think the first opinion is an opinion you're sort of forced into having when when you're you're single. single. Yes, I'm calling hypocrisy card here. (laughs) (laughs) That person, in order to stay true to your statement, you should have stayed single forever. Or got in a relationship but just not been that happy about it. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. (laughs) Uh, I don't think the person shouldn't be happy at all. Obviously, they need to be happy. I feel like this is less of a hypocrisy thing on their part and more of a jealousy thing on yours. (laughs) (laughs) They've got someone and I haven't. (laughs) Yes, obviously, when you're in a relationship, you would hope you're happier. If you're not happier, you should be in that relationship. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it does seem like the euphoricness (laughs) that has resulted from this relationship is rubbing it in a little. (laughs) What, the same person who a month ago said, yeah, like, being in a relationship, not being in a relationship, shouldn't dictate your happiness that much. Do they ring you hourly saying, hey, Matt, still depressed? Okay. Guess how I'm feeling. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Does that person listen to the podcast? Uh, They have listened to the podcast. They've got a boyfriend now. They're probably not listening to our podcast. They're probably with them. Well, if you are listening, less time on their hands. Clearly, the only reasonable thing for you to do would be to break up with them. No, I no, don't break up. Not the consensus. No, don't break up with them. Stay with them. That's fine. That'd be one of the worst like uh, breakups ever. Imagine you being that person. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was listening to this podcast, (laughs) and now I can't see you anymore. I think, at the very least, it would be at least one extra download for us. Because he'd have to go and listen to the podcast. (laughs) To find out what the hell went wrong. (laughs) What could they have said? (laughs) 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 Things were going so well. (laughs) I'd be okay with that. I could live with that. Oh, it would be hilarious if they (laughs) broke up because of our podcast. But no, that, that, no, no. Just, no, 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 stay in the relationship. Just don't be as happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> or at least seem happy about other things in your life. Yeah, just pretend. Yeah, just, just pretend just that Just say yeah. it was the cereal. Yeah, yeah yes. <laughs> say try a new shampoo and it's giving you good self-esteem. <laughs> well, on that infallible relationship advice, uh, <laughs> I think we might have a podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh... 
perhaps got something a bit different, a bit special for you coming next week. Oh, yeah. Could feature some of the best sitcom characters of all time. Yeah, a smackdown. Who, a is, who are the best sitcom characters of all time? I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of arguing here. So perhaps you guys think about some of your favourite characters and uh, see who you want to root for to make the, uh, the final list. Actually, how about this? I'll open up a thread on the Facebook fan page. People can uh, comment on there with a suggestion. They can nominate. If you, there's a sitcom character you think needs to be in this discussion, submit it on that thread on our Facebook fan page. Sound good? Absolutely. Yeah. If you're not a fan of us on Facebook yet, now be a good time getting that discussion. Greatest sitcom character of all time. Will be declared by us next yep. week. Mm. So look forward to that, and we'll see yep. you guys then. Yeah. See you. Bye.